stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick. And this week, I'm joined on the podcast by Shiraz Mian, Zach's director of research and our very own earnings guru to talk about the upcoming earnings season, what he's seeing in the earnings estimates, what we can expect going into this earnings season, and even for the year, because I feel like a lot is up in the air suddenly after this banking crisis. So I wanted to have Shiraz back on to give us all of his uh, much needed insight right now, because earnings are still where it's at. It's still what's probably driving the stock market. So um, Shiraz, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Tracy. Great topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people are starting to focus on those earnings now because when we're we're recording this the week of April 3rd, earnings officially kicks off next week with the big banks. And normally not many of us really care about the big banks. I, they kick it off like JP Morgan's kicking it off every quarter now, but everyone's kind of like, eh, boring, the banks are going. But suddenly this year, I feel stressed. Like I'm like eagerly awaiting the bank earnings to see what's going on. What are they saying? How much inflows are they getting? Are they getting outflows? Like what's happening with their NIMS and you know earnings and all this stuff? And so what what are we seeing in the estimates? Because I know I've I own a couple banks in the value investor portfolio. And like Bank of America, for instance, one estimate has been cut in the last week there. A couple other banks I look at, like um, Comerica. Two estimates are down there in the last week. I feel like the analysts are getting a little bit nervous now about what might happen, at least in the first quarter. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So initially, banks, unlike uh, the other sectors, had a pretty stable earnings outlook uh, yeah. prior to the Silicon Valley Bank and, and all, the, uh, all the scare about the regionals. So in terms of the business for the banks, uh, uh, for the big banks, the JP Morgans and the Citigroups of the world, uh, the investment banking business has been down. And it's been down for a while, uh, ever since the Fed started tightening. And as a result, the market uh, took a dive down. So the M&A activity, the, uh, the SPACs were there. Uh, The IPOs, debt capital markets, all of that activity is down depending on uh, the broker from a third to about 50% on a year-over-year basis. But then on the flip side, they had pretty good core business. Uh, And loan portfolios were growing both for businesses as well as for households. Uh, and the higher interest rates were beneficial to their margins as well. So net-net, the earnings outlook for banks was pretty stable. That uh, that stable picture got shook up uh, as a result of uh, what happened in recent weeks. So yeah. there's downward pressure on estimates. I believe sentiment is a little 
more weak than the actual ground reality. So it'll be interesting to see uh, uh, how these bank management teams describe the ground reality. There's a lot going on, uh, both with business as well as regulatory uncertainty. Uh, the issues are a lot more problematic with the smaller and the regional banks uh, than right. with big guys. Uh, but uh, they're all in the uh, in the eye of the storm, uh, if you will. So uh, it'll be it'll be very interesting. Yeah, I feel like this is the first time I actually want to listen to the conference calls for some of these banks, especially the regionals, in fact. And um, you know that I do think they're they're going to be interesting, actually, which is oh. hard to believe when you're talking about most of the bank conference calls. But yeah, I do think we're going to get a good insight into what is actually going on at each particular bank because the street just seems to be throwing out, you know, the baby with the bathwater and all banks are being discarded, but they all aren't Silicon Valley Bank. So, but we're about to find out, I guess. That's right. So, the uh, I was looking at First Republic, uh, which, yeah. uh, which will be in the early going uh, of the earnings releases as well. And I was looking at its annual estimates. Uh, so about a year ago, uh, First Republic uh, was expected to earn almost $10 in, in 2023. Uh, they are now expected to lose uh, roughly $7. So there is a, wow. that's obviously a very unusual situation because they are uh, like literally uh, on kind of like on a death watch almost uh, yeah. with, with yeah. some of these. But uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a broad spectrum. So uh, the, uh, uh, the majority of these, of these banks uh, will be talking of pressures in their business. Uh, they, have, they have been struggling to hold on to their deposits. Uh, uh, there is, there's a lot of talk of more capital requirements on the regulatory side. And without knowing the details of what those regulatory requirements will be, uh, we know that more capital requirements mean less business activity, meaning uh, lower returns from the smaller regional banks going forward than was the case prior to the uh, emergence of these issues. So net net, it's been a it's been a tough period, uh, and is expected to remain so uh, for the uh, for for the regionals and the smaller players. Just picking up on what you were talking about with First Republic and that dramatic turnaround in what they're expected to make now here in 2023 within minus $7. Uh, but if you look at Comerica, which I mentioned earlier, and I said two estimates were down in the last week, and that does sound you know, kind of gloomy, but it's down uh, not very much. So they're expected to make 939 now this year versus 958 just a month ago. So yeah, it's down, but only not even 20 cents. And that's still up almost 11% year over year. But I'm aware that the analysts are as much in the dark as many of us are about what is really going on behind the scenes. So there could be some surprises this earning season. Um, you know, depending on the bank, obviously. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm actually. I'm looking at Comerica, um, 
in how the estimates, the annual estimates for 2023 have evolved over the past year. Uh, and my chart shows that at the end of April 2022, the estimates was uh, $9.04. Wow. Uh, then by September, it went as high as $10.42. And now, as you correctly mentioned, it's $9.39. So estimates went up uh, and then came down. But they are still above where estimates were a year ago uh, yeah. for, uh, for just 2023. So, so it's some of these players are a lot more stable. Uh, there's not a lot going on with their uh, with their core business, and and a lot depends on what type of industries they have exposures to. Uh, and the trends, obviously, on the deposit side, uh, will be uh, will be a big question for, uh, uh, for for these banks and these earnings calls as well. Uh, as we yeah. all know, there's been anxiety on that front, and uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, uh, once we leave the banks, though. Where else is having issues or where else should I be a little leery? What other industries or sectors are uh, you know, not going to look great here in the first quarter? Technology is a big question mark, Tracy. Uh, we have had an amazing run, as you know, in the market this year. Uh, a bunch of these technology companies on the estimates front. Also, the trend has been positive. Um, okay. We had pretty much all of last year across the board in technology estimates coming down, uh, okay. and then uh, in 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 parts of the technology sector, as you know, technology is a huge area from from hardware players to software and uh, in a whole bunch of businesses in the middle, uh, and then lately uh, the revisions front isn't as uh, decidedly negative as it was in 2022. So for a number of the players, actually, estimates have turned around and started going up. Uh, and it'll be, uh, uh, it'll be uh, 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 interesting to see how these management teams describe the ground reality. Obviously, a number of these players have cut expenses, uh, which which benefits business and earnings, but it's 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 far from clear at this stage if this this emerging almost stabilizing trend with earnings is here to stay or it's 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 a false dawn. Um, yeah. I was I was looking at uh, Facebook Meta Networks and. Um, uh, estimates were going down pretty much all of last year, uh, and then they turned around very, uh, very notably uh, this year, and uh, uh, it's a pretty impressive turnaround. Yeah, uh, but the stock has too. The stock has too. That's right. Really dramatically, yeah. Okay, that's definitely one of the big ones out of the Fang Man. I think everybody's going to be watching. Um, another one, Microsoft. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are kind of just diving into the fangs again as kind of a safety play. Sure. And some of those are going to be interesting this earnings season as well. Um, what do you make of the the home builders? Those earnings estimates have come way down 
off of a record year last year. Um, but the stocks have gone the other way. A lot of the stocks are at like one year highs. A few might have been at five year highs recently. What what can we expect from from that area, if anything, or is it just the street is already priced in this earnings decline and they're looking ahead? So so home builders, as you know, we have construction as a standalone sector, unlike uh, those other people uh, that have home builders and the broader construction space kind of uh, parked uh, elsewhere in other sectors. And it gives us the ability to, uh, uh, to have a better view of what's happening with estimates. So construction is one of the sectors along with retail, along with uh, with technology uh, and consumer discretionary that really suffered estimate revisions uh, last year and have continued to suffer. In fact, yeah. uh, these four or five sectors are the ones where estimates in the aggregate uh, for 2023 as a whole have, uh, have been cut by 20% or more. And, wow. Uh, and construction was uh, in the forefront of that. Uh, uh, it, it peaked around April last year, so about a year ago, uh, and continued to come down. Uh, and lately, uh, as we described in the context of technology, um, uh, with the home builders as well, estimates have stabilized. Uh, okay. And uh, marginally started going up. Like I'm looking at Toll Brothers, for example. Uh, at the end of April 2022, estimates uh, for 2023, the expectation was $10.80. It, it came down by November to $7.22. Uh, and it's currently $8.66. So... Um. So it came down and then stabilized and started improving, kind of like what we saw uh, with the technology. Uh, the opposite has been the trend with the energy space. Uh, estimates right. were going up pretty much all of last year uh, and then lately have been on the downtrend. And then perhaps with the new OPEC cut, uh, we'll have that trend reverse. So to, uh, to get back to your question, Tracy, my sense yeah. is that sentiment, perhaps, for the home builders is likely more negative than it needs to be. There is a room or opportunity for positive surprises post-releases uh, for the home yeah. builders. Yeah, we could see some good ranks for some of the home builders in the next couple of months, I feel. Some good Zach's ranks. Um, what about, you mentioned just now, consumer discretionary, and I see that we have it expected to be up 17.8% in the first quarter. That is kind of a surprise, except we've been hearing from some companies already, like PVH, Lululemon, Nike, and they've all, um, although, are they even into consumer discretionary? I'm assuming they are. They've all been reporting better than everybody expected, that the consumer is still spending on these discretionary type items. So what, what's what's driving that huge gain in the first quarter? So some of it is easy comparisons. The uh, okay. first quarter last year uh, wasn't as good 
uh, in terms of the the group getting back to normal uh, profitability. Um, uh, so some of it is just the the quote unquote normalization of business. Uh, there is a lot of these macro worries about uh, the economy slowing down or consumer uh, holding back. Uh, but all of the consumer facing businesses are still reporting pretty strong trends in their underlying businesses. So yeah. uh, uh, if there is uh, some weakness or moderation on the horizon, uh, it's definitely not in the Q1 data. Uh, okay. So we'll see if these companies uh, give us some leading edge kind of in, insight uh, that they are uh, experiencing in terms of uh, of the uh, of coming weakness. But as of now, the consumer seems to be doing just fine. Obviously, uh, yeah. the uh, the key drivers of that: the strong labor market, uh, good wages, uh, obviously offset by all these concerns and worries, the macro worries. Uh, so uh, it'll be a, a, a push and pull. Uh, and uh, But on balance, I think uh, the numbers should be good enough. How much is the China reopening having a factor in that, if at all? I mean, this is for Q1. China only was just reopening in Q1. So I'm assuming it's not that big a factor for this quarter, but it might be in coming quarters. That's right. So a okay. lot of it will be management commentary uh, in how they see their respective China businesses uh, and the trends in that. So you're right. The Q1 numbers uh, won't really have a lot of uh, China data. Uh, or like the the true effects of the uh, what reopening has done, but there is a lot of optimism uh, with respect to uh, a lot of these uh, consumer facing, particularly uh, companies, as to how uh, to what extent uh, the, uh, the the China rebound will be. Uh, we obviously have the benchmark of our uh, reopening. Uh, it's it's it's. It's, it's not exactly the same. We had a lot more uh, of, uh, of government support than was the case in China, but it nevertheless uh, uh, is, is, is a key data point that a lot of these companies will be talking to uh, about Q2 and beyond. Okay, that's another thing to keep, keep on the watch list for this earning season. Um, what about manufacturing? We haven't mentioned it yet. It is in a recession. What are the earnings looking like for those types of companies? Are they nearing a bottom? Can can we see any kind of rebound happening in their earnings? Yeah, so that's the that's that's the the, the purely macro uh, exposed part of the business, as you know, the ISM, the Chicago PMIs, uh, yeah. and all of these sentiment surveys are showing that uh, that business. Uh, and trends in business haven't really bottomed yet. Uh, and my sense is that that's what, what will come through uh, from management commentary uh, from, uh, for, from these companies as well. I think it'll be, uh, it'll be a tough going for, uh, for, for a number of these companies. And just looking at the macro data, 
uh, it doesn't seem like uh, we can expect them uh, to, uh, to to give us any reassuring reads on, on their own businesses. Anything else you want to tell us about that we haven't covered yet? Uh, I believe the the technology will be a, a big part. We we obviously covered it, uh, uh, but okay. uh, technology has has a China angle as well. Uh, uh, there is uh, there is a number of uh, geopolitical kind of factors uh, involved with the technology business as well, and, and there is there is a lot to uh, disentangle uh, for these management teams. So, uh, in the chips, we have these export restrictions, uh, uh, and uh, and then there is the, uh, the the rebound from the reopening. Uh, there is the uh, uh, the elimination of the logistical challenges. It's a bunch of cross currents. Uh, uh, given given how much momentum we have had in the market for these stocks, uh, I suspect there may be uh, there may be uh, elements of disappointment in uh, in the results from the tech space. Do you think that there's a little too much hope on the AI side, even though Nvidia really mentioned it in their last uh, earnings call, but that too much is being read into it, you know, impacting earnings in the next couple of quarters at least. And that right. people are kind of grabbing onto the AI thing, like, oh, we have AI if there's if everything else is going down. Do you think that that's gonna uh be maybe one of the negative surprises this quarter? That's my concern, Tracy. Yes. When you have yeah. a company the size of NVIDIA uh go up as much as it has uh, this year, that too on a hope that's way down in the coming years, uh, then there is always uh, that uh, aspect of disappointment that, that could come through. Uh, it is undoubtedly a big business opportunity for a lot of these players, but it's it's not clear at this stage if we'll be seeing anything tangible uh, over the coming quarters uh, from that business. Uh, and uh, if if a company the size of Invisia goes up like 70-80% over a few months' time, uh, uh, that does become kind of a head-scratcher. One final question, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but uh, energy historically, or at least the last 30 years, has been a low uh, total percent of the S&P 500. And it went down only like 2% during the pandemic of the S&P 500 earnings. And then I think it was, it had risen up to maybe I saw around five or 6%. Is it expected to fall back under the 5% here with all these estimates being cut on the energy companies for this year? Are we back to you know, earning energy really being, you know, meaningless in the S&P 500 again? No, I think, I think that's, that's now behind us. I think energy uh, with China uh, resuming normal uh, economic activities, uh, there will be life after whatever economic downturn we face uh, here uh, and also in Europe. So, Given the underinvestment we have had in the space over the last many years, I think it's reasonable to expect that energy will be 
a bigger player uh, in terms of its uh, its its weight in the index, in terms of the uh, the, the dollar earnings it brings in, uh, in that uh, that dark winter uh, that the sector went through, uh, in my yeah. judgment, is behind us. Um, I'm looking at okay. the uh, earnings contribution for the sector uh, for the next four quarters, uh, and I'm showing 8.4% uh, for the S&P 500. Obviously, once technology and finance and all these other big sectors start firing on all cylinders, it'll, uh, it'll reduce uh, energy's weightage. Uh, but then in a year or two, we will be in a more normal economic environment. Uh, and I can't yeah. imagine energy prices being lower than they are uh, once we get back to a uh, uh, normal demand uh, environment uh, in uh, it, like in a year from now, for example. Well, that doesn't sound that negative at all for not. energy. Really. It is oh. not. I don't think uh, uh, it's, it's hard from an investment standpoint to comment on energy near term, uh, but yeah. if somebody has a longer outlook uh, uh, beyond the next couple of years, I think it's it's hard to build a negative case other than uh, the environmental factors and things like that. Uh, but energy will remain, the fossil fuels will remain a key part of the, uh, of the energy mix for the foreseeable future, and you will have the likes of Chevrons and Exxons being key players uh, in that area. Okay. We covered a lot. I think this is going to be helpful to a lot of people as we head into earnings season here. Let me recap some of the stocks we did talk about. So we talked about a bunch of the banks, Bank of America, BAC, JP Morgan, Citigroup, uh, JPM, and C for those. We talked about Comerica, CMA is that ticker. Uh, we mentioned First Republic, FRC, and then Shiraz has uh, been following and is a little more bullish, it sounds like, Shiraz on Meta Platforms, M-E-T-A. We'll see what happens on their earnings call. We talked about the home builders, and Shiraz mentioned Toll Brothers, T-O-L. They are the luxury home builders. And then right at the end, Shiraz mentioned a couple of the big oil, big integrated oil companies. Uh, they're trading right around their all-time highs again. ExxonMobil, XOM, and Chevron CBX. And as always, you want to be sure to subscribe to get the podcast every week because we are covering all these topics that matter out there on the stock market and um, everything that's going on in the banking crisis and whatever else is happening. So you want to be sure to get us. Get us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. We're always on SoundCloud and tons of other podcast platforms. Be sure to get us on one and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship.
No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.